iRadio76 proudly presents the 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? I'm telling you, here's a reason why we have these next couple of gentlemen coming by. I'll give you the, the quick rundown because I know that we told them to be on at 515 and we don't want to hold them up. However... There was a uh, charity event that was going on, the charity cruise over on Harper Avenue. And what we did was we put out a thing with Royal Bryan, and we said, look, if anybody has a car, you know, that would like to come in with us, you know, just be at the CKWI Radio 76 kind of corral of all hot ride cars, you know, you're more than welcome to be with us. And these two gentlemen raised their hands so fast, I had to look twice <laughs> to see, you know, is this for the uh, charity cruise? And absolutely. And Darren said, yeah, you know, we're in, where, who, and how. And the, the wild thing about their vehicle is this isn't something where you just hop into the Gremlin and you drive from where they live it's it's trailers and it's putting everything together and getting a crew and bringing it all out and I'm telling you it's rare in drag racing it's it's more common but not as common as these two guys and that's why we wanted to make sure that they were on with us on the 515 Darren and John you with us Yes how are you Hi guys John, how are you Dandy all right so I guess we should introduce ourselves over the air so the folks in Budapest know who's who. All right, Darren, say hi. Hi, this is Darren. <laughs> Dangerous Darren. What was that, Darren? Dangerous Darren. Oh, Dangerous Darren. And how long have you been married, Darren? <laughs> I've been married, Darren. <laughs> wow. All right, John, you're there somewhere too, aren't you? Yep, I'm right here. My hey. name's Johnny. Johnny, okay, Johnny, and I guess you want to go full mag? We could do that, too. Yep. That works. <laughs> All right, Dangerous Darren. <laughs> you know, we were just telling the uh, audience that, you know, we were just so thrilled when, when you guys raised your hand to come with us at the uh, Harper Charity Cruise, you know, because it wasn't easy for you guys to trailer in, and it ain't cheap. To do that, and it's certainly not cheap this summer to do this. And we wanted to make sure that folks around the world knew about your generosity and how big your hearts were to be able to. I mean, you got nothing out of the deal, and it was money out of your pocket. And we just want everybody to give you guys a fine salute because we thought that was a hell of a thing for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, um, we had a great time actually, and we met a lot of nice people. Uh, you know, we let people sit in the car. People never got a chance to sit in a car like that. And yeah. they were sort of mesmerized about it, you know. People don't understand what actually goes on in a car like that. Yeah, considering... So, uh, they, they had time. Yeah, I mean, really, we should probably tell the folks, tell the folks what kind of car you have. Uh, it's a 68 Mustang. Wow, how unusual. Uh, and we were just running Mustang stuff all time. <laughs> Before you guys came in. Oh, were you? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, you're right on the 20-second delay. We forgot about that. All right, it's a Ford Mustang, but it's it's uh, it's not a Fox body. Well, it's not a Fox body. It's a Fastback, 68 Fastback, uh, built by Jerry Bickle. Race cars out of Missouri. Okay. 
And I'm thinking this has more than a uh, turbo four-cylinder in it. Uh, yeah, we run a class called Outlaw 632 or Pro um, 632 in PDRA. We haven't raced that yet. But uh, we have to have a 632 cubic inch motor. It can be naturally aspirated or nitrous assisted. And who normally drives? Johnny's driving the car now. I used to drive the car. Yeah. But, uh, I have back and uh, it was just time to let John take over the driving chores. And how hard was it for you to turn over the keys? Uh, it's, it wasn't really hard to turn the key over. The hardest part was watching John go down the track for the first time in a car like that, which uh, I have a, another car, a 67 coupe that I built uh, just out of high school, and he drove that car, and I told John, if you could drive that car, this car's way easier to drive, and he didn't believe me, but <laughs> once, he, uh, once he took the wheel over of the new car, you sort of aim it, and wherever you're aiming it is where it goes. It's like a bullet coming out of a barrel. Johnny, how he, was he did it? did an awesome job. Sorry about that, Darren. Johnny, how hard was that to drive the first shot, knowing that your dad's looking at the starting line? Um, I'm sure he was pretty nervous, you know. It's a very expensive car going down the race track. <laughs> and as a driver, I didn't, you know, I expected it, you know, to leave really fast, but it doesn't really do anymore. Like the other car does wheelies and stuff like that. So this one, you, like you said, you just point it and uh, make sure it goes straight and doesn't do anything stupid. You know, Johnny, when you, your dad said, hey, look, it's, it's time for you to drive. I'm going to step outside for a little bit. I mean, was your first reaction giving them keys or was it, I mean, obviously no keys, but I mean... Did, were you kind of hesitant? How did that go? Uh, I was definitely uh, a little nervous, but when you're, like he always said to me, you can't be scared of it or don't drive it because if you're scared of the car, then you don't belong to be in it. So um, I was definitely nervous to see what was going to happen for the first pass, but after that it started to uh, come to me pretty quickly. I would say it would. And Johnny, how long have you been driving this car? Uh, this car would be, well, this was my first full year driving it. Last year, I've only made uh, a couple passes, but this year we got close to 80 runs on the car. So it wow. had a, I had a lot of seat time in it this year. Wow. You know, Darren, if this is not your first car and you have another car sitting around, how many cars in your drag racing history have you had? Uh, we have three of them right now. Okay. Uh, and I have a nice. A 95 Cobra R Mustang that we raced in all-motor for roughly uh, 10 years, and we did very well with that. I think we got about 25, 26 trophies. Um, we never won a championship. We, we tied for a championship and sort of got shafted on the deal. Um, it was a bad deal for me, but it, the way it, it fell is the way it fell. And uh, we runnered up twice for a championship at, at Milan in the all-motor class. And then I sort of got uh, tired of driving that or, or sort of the, the politics in the class. Um, we built a motor 
a one-off motor, and they banned us in the class, basically. They banned you? Why would they ban you? Well, we built this badass small block and went out there and and did really, really, really well. And uh, I really wanted to build a big block, but Brian, our engine builder, wanted to build a small block. So to prove a point to people that we could do it with a small block, but the small block just ran out of steam. So we built this big block, and there was no rules in cubic inches at the time. And then when we built this motor, then they come out with this cubic inch band, and I wasn't going to spend another $7,000 to make the motor smaller. Yeah. So it's still sitting in the same spot right now down in the shop. We haven't done nothing with it but run it on the dyno. Is there any future plans to do that, to, to run it somewhere? No, I mean, for what it is, there's not, only thing you could really do with it is run top sportsman or top dragster, and mm. I mean, that's not, nothing that we want to do right now, so we're going to get it, we're going to try to make 1,800 horsepower with it, and probably put it up for sale. Wow. All right, you know, if you got that one, Darren, your first drag car was what? Uh, the 67 Coupe that Johnny was driving uh, last. I started building it right out of high school, and then it got in chassis hostage there for a while, and then we, we finally finished it, and I had a little small block in it in the early 90s, and we raced it out at Detroit Dragway every Friday, had a ball with it, and then I wanted to go faster, and I put a big block in it, and uh, and then it just went from there. We went race, they, they created the class at Milan All Motor, and... We started racing an all-motor with the big block in it, you know, and it wasn't competitive, so then we went to the small block. Darren, how many years did you race at Detroit Dragway? I raced at Detroit Dragway from, uh, I was probably 18 years old. I started racing there, 19. So that was um, like, um, what, last year? <laughs> I'm going to be 55, so. Uh, okay, don't make... <laughs> I was going to say, don't make us take off the shoes and socks to count that. I mean, you were that Detroit Dragway kind of at the end of the fabled career of Detroit Dragway. I mean, any favorite well, memories from the place? Well, fortunately, I only live five miles from there. So as a kid, I used to ride my bike there every Saturday and watch the bracket races before I could drive. Really? Yeah. We used to... Uh, there was a little fence that had a hole in it. We used to sneak in the fence and leave our bikes <laughs> over there. Okay. I mean, so, I mean that. I you, started drag racing. My dad, as, as a little little kid, took me there uh, and watched all his, their friends race, and that's how I got hooked on Detroit Dragway. And it was close to home, so we just ride our bikes there. And so when Johnny came along, it was like, look, son, you're going to learn what a 916th is, right? Uh, yeah, Johnny, Johnny's been handling wrenches since he was probably five years old. <laughs> um, at, at, at eight years old, he got his junior dragster, and we went racing every week with that. So he's been racing since eight years old. Wow. Wow. Johnny, how was that like to drive a junior dragster? I mean, coming in, I mean, at eight years old, what are you, fourth grade? Uh, yes, yeah, something 
like that. Uh, at the time, you know, it's super fast. You're, you know, you're a young kid and you don't really know what's fast yet. And then you get to uh, upgrade the motor after a certain age group. They changed it now. I forget what it is, but once you get to a certain age, you can go from a 1290 motor to an 890 to a 790 motor. And that's the time it takes to get to the eighth mile. And I raced uh, 1290, 890, and 790, and then finally got to get into a big car. Yeah, I would think that you would have to get into a big car. I mean, let's face it, you're not a five foot one, twenty five pound kid. No, nope, <laughs> I am not. Believe it or not, when he first started out, he was a little kid. <laughs> How? When? <laughs> he went to think, and he raced the his same car all the way through. So we had the car built a little big, so he would grow into it. Job well done. <laughs> You'd almost have to. God bless. Okay, so now if you're racing juniors, then Darren, were you racing at the same events, or were you just taking John around to campaign the junior? How'd that go? Uh, well, the juniors would race on Saturdays, and we raced the all-motor car at the time on Thursday and Friday. So we would leave the track, go home, take the car out of the trailer, put his junior in the in the trailer. And if we had to race Saturday and Sunday, we would sleep in the trailer at the racetrack. <laughs> I mean, was this kind of a, a mag family event? I mean, did everybody go with you guys, or did, was this just like the guys would go and show up Sunday afternoon with dirty laundry? Well, I have a daughter, Julie, and she had a junior dragster, so we had hers, but Julie chose sports over junior dragster racing, so the family was sort of divided. Uh, my wife, Gail, went um, sports with Julie, volleyball, basketball, and John went racing, so there's times where Julie and Gail would come to the track with us if there was nothing going on, but most of the time it was John and I and all the other families at the track um, that raced there. Wow. It I, was like one big junior community. I'm thinking that Julie's probably not uh, five foot one either. She's doing basketball and volleyball. Yeah, no, she was five she was a pretty decent-sized girl, but not super tall. But she was very good at it. So so how did you get Gail to buy into all this? It's like, oh, by the way, I'm drag racing. Johnny's drag racing. We're going to build a couple of cars. <laughs> and sometimes wives don't go for that. Yeah, no, she was always on board. I mean, when I when I first met her, we were I was building the, the 67 Coupe at the time. So... Uh, I finished it when we were um, dating, and then when I got married, we were racing it. So, And she was at the track with us every Friday. And we lived only three miles from the track at the time, from Detroit Dragway. So it was a, a short haul to get to the track. I mean, so are you going to move and get closer to Milan or another track? I mean, is that how you set up your, your house? <laughs> no, that's just how it played. I mean, the house we live in, we've lived here 31 years, and we were only going to stay three years. And then we were going to move out to the country and have a big pole barn. But with my business, all my business with it, with, is in within eight miles of our house. So it's not 
beneficial for us to move out to the country when all our work is right here. You want to tell folks uh, what your business is? Uh, we're in the landscaping business, uh, grass cutting and snow removal. Wow. And so I'm thinking if you have, what, a all-engine zero turn, how fast can you cut a lawn? Uh, you can cut a lawn fast, but cutting grass fast isn't really... <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you want it to look. I mean, yeah. you can cut grass fast. Uh, a, a new lawnmower today, I don't have new ones. Uh, my my lawnmower's 11 years old, but the new ones will go about 16 miles an hour. Mine will go about 11. So there's no nitrous bottle hanging around your garage anywhere? No, not for no lawnmowers. <laughs> we just try to keep, keep them stuck so they stay together. <laughs> All right, so you're going to be at zero turn eliminator. Okay, that's fine. You know, all the tracks. Are, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Darren. Go. I was going to say they do have lawnmower races. If you ever seen it on uh, on uh, Mav TV, they are pretty badass. <laughs> lawnmower races. Yeah, they they go like. 50, 60 miles an hour on a, on a lawnmower. 60 miles per hour? Yeah, 50 to 60. They're pretty interesting. With, them, them guys really get into it. With what Look kind of up. motor? You know, I don't really know what motor they run on them, but uh, they get it pretty good. All right. Well, Johnny, Mav, go ahead, Darren. It's on Mav TV. Okay. We'll play it later lawnmower stuff. All right. All right. They're gonna pick it. Johnny, if you're anywhere around uh, all the tracks you ever raced on, which one do you like to stay at? Uh, stay or race at? Race at. I mean, if you had your druthers to have a home track just because you like it the most, which one would it be? I mean, I've been all over. All over. I've been to Georgia, uh, Bristol, um, Norwalk, uh, Martin, I'd have to say my favorite racetrack would be Martin, Michigan. Um, as far as nicest, you know, track smooth, I would say Martin. But I love going to Milan because it's only 40, you know, 40 minutes away from our house. And if we don't have to go home and get something, we got it here instead of driving, you know, two and a half hours across the state <laughs> or any other tracks aren't too local. Yeah, I was going to say, Darren, I mean, if you've been racing this long and you too have been going all over the place, drag racing all over the place, I mean, your favorite track to hang out, to race at, I should say. Well, I haven't really gone to a lot of tracks because I always have to go to work. So I personally like the best track for surface-wise is, is Martin. And the shutdown area is so long. Like, it's just smooth as could be. But my favorite track is, is Milan, uh, hands down, because mostly because we raced our juniors there all the time, and, and the junior people were, were very nice people. We all got along, and it was like a big family deal. We stayed the night. We all brought food and shared food and hung out at the campfires, and the kids played, and... Johnny and his buddies would take the golf cart and take it out back and roll it and come back and, <laughs> and up for the next day. And the parents would say, hey, is Johnny all right? And I'm like, 
what do you mean, is Johnny all right? Well, you know what happened to Johnny last night, don't you? I'm like, no, I don't know what happened. He was in the trailer sleeping with me, but not before that. <laughs> no. Oh, man, they, they pulled the golf cart, and they all went flying off the golf cart. And I'm like, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was always an adventure with the kids there. Johnny, how many times did that happen? Uh, just once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I got a good story after that happened, okay? Sure. So me and Johnny are testing on a Friday night at, at Milan, and this guy's next to us, and he's got this beautiful, brand-new Monte Carlo. And I'm talking, it was beautiful. And I was talking to the guy, and he's like, yeah, this is my first time to the track with it, and this and that. And I'm like, man, that's a really nice car, you know? So I got to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom with the golf cart, and I'm coming back with the golf cart. I got it full throttle going by this guy's car, and the the top goes flying in the air off the golf cart. Because when they rolled it, the the bolts pulled through the plastic. <laughs> and the lid flies off, and I see this thing flying about 50 feet in the air. And this guy and I are looking at this roof flying in the air, <laughs> and it missed his car by six inches. Oh. I thought and it... He, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, oh, my God. So I went over by Johnny and grabbed him by his ears there, and we had a little talk about <laughs> rolling the golf cart. <laughs> All right, Johnny, how's... I'll never forget telling this story till the day I die. And that guy, I've never seen him at the track after that, but <laughs> I'm sure he never forgets that story either. All right, Johnny, your recollection of this, how did it, it really go? Not like it didn't really go that way, but... No, he, uh, he did uh, have a little talk with me, and it never happened again, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, how old were you at the time, Johnny? I was young, probably 10 or 11, yeah, oh, maybe 12. Okay, because okay, I'm thinking present-day Johnny getting a talk to. <laughs> no, he was 10 or 12 years old probably at the time. Great. So, Johnny, how old are you now? I uh, just turned 25. Okay, so I'm thinking ever since you rolled it, how many times has this story been told at Christmases and holidays and family gatherings? Well, it comes up all the time. Uh, <laughs> when we're traveling and going places now, he tells it to about everybody. <laughs> it's your greatest hit, Johnny. God bless you that one day that you... I mean, all right, so let's go back. How did you get into the golf cart? How did you roll it? How did you get it back up? How did you get back in the trailer without your dad knowing? Uh, well, it was me and my buddy, Charlie, and uh, Mylon had a, a little dirt road that went to the back, and then it turned into asphalt coming back up towards the track. Well, it was dark out, and at the time, I don't think we had a headlight on the... Uh, on the golf cart and I was going up this dirt road and we went to power slide it <laughs> and uh the concrete was there and it caught and it you know rolled on top of us and we managed to uh me and Charlie managed to flip it back and when we drove it back the battery was dragging out of it we had to <laughs> fix it up so 
kind of kind of you know gave it a little quick buff job and let it sit you know overnight. <laughs> they they cobbled it up. <laughs> yeah, but somehow, Darren, you didn't notice right away, I guess, did you? No, I didn't notice right I mean, I, I seen it had a few battle wounds on it, you know. And then the next day, I was riding it to go pick them up, and it quit. And I couldn't figure out why it quit. <laughs> well, then I, I looked in there, and the battery was was hanging out of it, and the terminals were up. So I knew something happened. <laughs> And Johnny, did you think that you pulled it off when, like, your dad first got in it, and it was like, no, I mean, it was going, and everything was okay. Yeah, I mean, everything was fine. Everyone, uh, we kind of kept uh, Craig Liberty. He was he knew about it to make sure because he checked on to see if we were okay. And I was like, please don't tell him. He's like, I ain't gonna tell him. <laughs> and then uh, another parent uh, went up to him and was asking about me, and uh, he didn't know until the next day, and then. And I uh, got another earful that day. Just an earful? I mean, last we saw Darren, he's got forearms like Popeye. <laughs> I mean, we'd be scared. So, yeah, that was the last time uh, we went off-roaded on the <laughs> golf cart. <laughs> because, well, you, maybe you should go again, because this story is going to follow you till you're 99 years old, man. Well, it's funny. He won't do that again because he just painted the golf cart. So <laughs> once he does, it won't get destroyed. Wait, a you guys have the same that same golf cart? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it going to go into the Henry Ford or something? This is the golf cart that Johnny rolled. <laughs> yeah. Job well done. I mean, to have the wherewithal at ten years old at night. After getting rolled over on a golf cart, because those things aren't incredibly light, you know, to be able to cobble that thing all together and then hurry up, put the blanket over your head, you know, I'm just sleeping here, Dad. What, nothing? Who? You know, I mean, all right. John, it's amazing what adrenaline can do, eh, Johnny? Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't hear Thank God you guys don't live too far away from the track Because if that was a drive from like Norwalk or something Oh my, that would have been an uncomfortable car ride Right Okay, alright, so now I, Go ahead, Darren I got over it They were being kids I destroyed a lot of stuff when I was a kid Yeah, but how long did it take you to get over it? Well, I just never got caught. That was a good thing. <laughs> okay. All right. So, all right. We got all these wonderful cars, and we've been racing for, and Darren, you've been racing for, what did you say, for 40 years or so? Um, not 40, probably 35. 35. Okay. So now, I mean, being that close to down river i mean did you ever start on the street before you went to the drag strip no i never street street racers uh different breed um you got to be a good talker and i wasn't a good talker so i never got into the street racing i raced the motorcycle with my car uh my car went like 850s at the time when i was driving it on the street and i raced this motorcycle and this car pulled out in front of me and I almost whacked this car at about 150 miles an hour, so that was it for that. Wow. 
scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Johnny, that you were like, since you came up through juniors, uh, street racing wasn't in your uh, bag? No, we went and watched, but we never uh, took the cars out. It was, you know, we always just left them on the track, and that's the way we went about things. Yeah, considering I'm thinking that you'd probably not be able to sneak the car out thinking about that talking to that you got oh so many years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, no sneaking no cars out here. So. <laughs> but, you know, and the funny thing, we were talking about this in, in the uh, pre-production meeting today. There is a picture for those folks who want to get a better idea uh, of the folks we're talking to. Uh, there, There's a couple of pictures that we launched uh, in the summertime. And I do believe, guys, this is your backyard. And, Johnny, if I'm not mistaken, that's you at the barbecue? Yep. Okay. I think uh, I think that was actually at Norwalk. That was, because no, it looked, looked like a uh, brick garage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's it. That's ours. Okay. So, yeah, Johnny. Go ahead, Darren. I said Johnny likes to cook, so... He's always cooking something, barbecuing, or we call him Johnny Hanna. He's got one of them, um, <laughs> what is it, Gladstone. Blackstone, sorry. So, yeah, he's got his own slew of uh, cooking materials out here on the deck. So, Johnny, does this work out for you when it comes time to have the dinner? Do they all look at you and go, gee, Johnny, we're kind of hungry. Yeah, usually I try to cook, uh, especially when we go to the track if we have time. Um, now that we're going to be running this NMCA series, we got plenty of time to sit around and cook some food, hang out, and uh, it's a fun time. So, But I'm always cooking something, having barbecues, smoking stuff, um, whatever it is, you know. Johnny just had a big holiday party the other night. With how many people there? Uh, I don't know. I think there was like 40 or 50. Wow. Anybody dress up as a Chevrolet driver? No, uh, no, we had a <laughs> bunch of funny ones, though. We, I cooked for them and had a party, and that was that. All right, so now when you guys go out racing and you're in the trailer and stuff, I mean, in between rounds, you have to bring out the barbecue, and everybody go, gee, John, it's about time for dinner, ain't it? Yeah, we uh, we went to Norwalk, and uh, we stayed there for, I forget, three or four days testing, and then we went into the race, and uh, we cooked dinner and lunch every day. And uh, a bunch of people came over and ate, and, you know, it's kind of hard to mess a smoker in the pits because <laughs> it looks like something's on fire, so. And if anybody that, and surprisingly, if you're listening to us right now, if you haven't been, even on on just even test and tune kind of days when folks are cooking in the pits, there are some outstanding chefs out there. You know, I mean, delicious oh, food. Yeah. and And basically... If they know you or they kind of even know you, drag racers will invite you in. Have some. Take a plate. Sit down. Take off. You know, I mean, the easiest thing for you to make, Johnny, or the best thing for you to make in while you're racing is what? Uh, anything. Uh, I like smoking stuff. So we did, uh, I think, pulled pork. We did steaks one night. Um, Chicken, chicken, burgers, whatever, you know, whatever we get from the grocery store, you know, we cook up. It doesn't matter what it is. There is uh, coming off the hotline at CKWI Radio 76, 
folks are wondering what's the color of your trailer. <laughs> I understand uh, the, the premise. I'm sorry. The trailer is white. Okay. Well, sorry, folks, because I, I think our, our trailer is 20 years old, also, just like the golf cart. <laughs> Don't roll the trailer. Okay. Yeah. I think Don't what. Say that. I think what people were looking for is they're going to try to find Johnny, and when he starts cooking, like to hang around. <laughs> I don't blame oh, him. Oh, have every race we go to, heads up race. We we are all either cooking something, or else we get a six foot sub, and anyone that comes by is free to eat. I mean, I I, I give so much food away at the racetrack to people that I don't even know that are just spectators, and they're like very appreciative of free pot, free water, or something to eat. So, you know, we always share. Yeah, I mean, actually, free water, and you're going to be anybody's best friend on some of those race days. Good Lord. All right, so now, here we are going into our new season. I mean, Johnny, you got a, a year under your belt with the Mustang. Now you're going to go to see the fine friends of Raleigh Miller and, and those boys in their series. I mean, the reason why you're going up and racing with them is what? Um, well, we are, me and my dad are both very competitive and, um, we kind of got stuck in this class without trying to spend a bunch of money, but now we're at the point of where we got to spend money to be competitive, but we always wanted to win. And this is the class we, uh, thought we had the best chance to be in. And, um, we race at Milan and then now, um, we want to go race, you know, the bigger series of racing, so NMCA, um, maybe we'll get a couple PDRA races in, um, and just to see how our schedule is going to fit. Um, we're back to the drawing board now on the motor. Um, it's all apart, and we're doing updates uh, as we speak, and um, we're going to try to uh, run NMCA next year and see how we do. Um, we got all new equipment for it, so... It's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but hopefully we'll be able to run at the uh, top of the field by the uh, end of the season. Wow. Okay. So now that means you're going to be running out at at uh, Martin. You know, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's not right around the corner for you guys. You know, so you know, like it's a four day race usually, all the NMCA stuff. So it's it takes up a lot of time and. Um, a lot of money to get there. Uh, what we plan on doing, Martin, um, there's one at Norwalk, Indy, and I believe there's one in Illinois that we're going to try to make uh, the last four races for the NMCA because the first two are in Florida and then North Carolina, and I don't know if our program is going to be ready because they start pretty early. I think April 1st or March or something the the first and I'm not too sure if we'll be 100% ready to go. And we're not going to haul a car down there with no testing and all new equipment on it. So, Yeah, I mean, any chance that you can get any more testing? Well, you'll have to wait till next year to test, won't you? Yeah, well, we're, we're building a new motor right now. So, uh, uh, like I said, we're going fuel injection and a new motor. So it's, uh, it's like pushing the restart button and uh, time to learn everything over again what the motor is going to like, what the car is going to want, and it's just going to take some time to, to get it figured out. But 
we're going to try our best to uh, get on as fast as we can and uh, try to go, you know, win a couple races. Wow, that's a pretty tall order, man. I mean, that's <clears throat> just driving alone, but now to figure out where your shift points are and figuring out how this thing hooks and stuff, whew, boy. See what the motor is going to want. Um, we got these new cylinder heads that no one's really ever ran, and uh, uh, it's just it's just going to be a learning curve. New cylinder heads that no one ever ran, new design or just they're new out of the box? Yeah, it's a new design that uh, this guy, um, what's his name? Cody Gunther out of Texas. Uh, he created this head, and uh, there's a couple sets out there that are running in, uh, you know, tractor pulls or uh, sand drag stuff, and no one's really ran it in the drag racing stuff yet, so we're the little guinea pig here. But the head seems pretty stout, and uh, we're going to give it a shot and see what we can do with it. How anxious are you to get in that seat? I'm good. I think uh, we're hoping to make it another 250 horsepower, so we should be at around 1,500 horsepower before we spray this thing. So it should make upwards to 2,100 to 2,200 once we're we're done spraying the uh, with nitrous. And you're good with this. 100 <laughs> percent. Once, once you get hooked, you always want to go faster. You don't want to go slower. Um, and, uh, of course, we want to win, and that's why we're uh, doing some changes because we have some old technology from 2005, and we're just pushing its limits a little bit, and uh, we're always trying to find more power, and our uh, engine builder is currently uh, working on that for us. I mean, are these heads legal? Yeah. 100% legal. We actually have a, a it's a cast head instead of a billet head that we're running. Um, so there's no weight breaks or weight penalties for it. And because I believe there's a 50 pound uh, penalty for billet heads. So yeah, we're going to run the cast heads and uh, we'll see what we can do. All right. So now we, we asked this question to about everybody that drives. Darren, we're going to ask you the same question after Johnny, but when, when we talk to, like, Chris Holbrook and Brian Wolf and those guys, you know, when you're sitting in the, uh, you know, burnout box and you're waiting, your turn going up, and when you actually do make it up close to your pre-stage, what do you see? What do you hear? Uh, it's like everything kind of shuts out, you know. All the people standing there, you you know, they're there, but they're not there. And, you know, you just pay attention to you know what your car sounds like normal and you're just paying attention to see if anything sounds funny or you just get in this different zone and you're not really worried about nothing other than you know turning on that wind light darren how about you so for me um i'm 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 always nervous okay till the car starts up and once that car starts up and you pull that car to the burnout box and you would do a burnout you're you're completely focused on what's going on in front of you and me i the way i taught johnny how to drive is is it's going to sound weird but i drive a car with my ass <laughs> and it's going to sound weird it's going to sound weird to you it does sound people, weird okay but your ass is the lowest part of the car and it feels everything that the car is doing before any other part of your body. 
So if, if the car starts to spin the tire, you feel it in your ass because your ass is in the seat and it's the lowest part of the car. So my ass tells me at my foot <laughs> to get off the gas pedal if it's shaking the tires or spinning the tires or it, it's just that's the way I learned how to drive a car and, and a good driver, I think, is going to tell you the same thing. I mean, obviously, you're going to know if the car is out of the groove with your eyeballs, okay? But as the car's shaking or spinning the tires, you're going to feel it in your butt, bottom line. So that's how I taught Johnny how to drive a car. And, Johnny, how well does that work? Uh, just true. Um, it was true. It was a kind of a uh, different change because the one car I, I, I drived from the start, it did big wheelies for... 200 feet and then you know you're looking at the sky the whole time and this one sometimes it'll spin the tires or you'll get bad you know tire shake and it rattles everything in the car and it's you know it's just different to drive uh between the two cars but it's it's pretty i mean it's easy to do you know um you just got to be able to use your brain when uh you know bad things are can happen if you stay in it too long go out of the groove you know you just got to be aware of where you're at on the racetrack i mean are you while your bottom is figuring out your chassis stuff i mean are you listening for any kind of engine stuff are you watching your gauges i mean now that you're in a zone i mean with this car with the red car most of the time you're if, if the car is gonna try to hurt itself the car will lay over and you're, it's not going to accelerate no more so you're going to know to get out of the gas no matter what or else you're just going to keep torching stuff in the motor so as soon as the car lays over i tell john if the car ever isn't pulling no g-force to get out of the throttle because something's wrong so if you stay in the throttle you're just going to keep tearing more stuff up if the car lays over excellent so, Excellent words of wisdom, my good man. Um, you know, and then if you're out of the groove, you better get out of the gas pedal because so things happen so fast in a car like that that next thing you know the ASN comes around, and next thing you know you're 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 hitting the wall on the other side. Of, you know, so you you just got to use a lot of common sense in that car and respect that car. If you don't respect that car, you shouldn't be in it because things happen so fast that, you know, you get yourself in trouble real quick. Yeah, but, I mean, it's got to be, you know, cheap to fix one of those cars if you put them in the wall. Well, I, I actually... <laughs> no. I had a friend of mine that drove a car that was experienced at driving a car, and we were having some bad tire shake with it. And so I let this guy drive the car. And the, 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 the last thing I ever tell John when I shut that door is I tell him straight and safe. Okay? Yeah. Every time the, the staging lane, I tell John straight and safe. And I told that guy straight and safe, and this guy stayed in the throttle and smashed my car for me. Cost me forty thousand dollars, so yeah. no one would ever, drive, no one would ever drive my car again after that happened. Wow. Well, you're lucky you just rolled over a uh, golf cart, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, gentlemen, in, in the one minute that we have left, all right, so now you guys are going up, you're going for it. As opposed to it sounds like being happy where you are, it's time that we kick it up a gear. All right, so now that isn't free. You know, and unless you guys have Darren's ATM buried in the backyard somewhere, you know, it costs a little bit of green. Where can people, A, learn more about, you know, you, your car, your race team, you know, and where can sponsors get a hold of you? Because it sounds like you guys got everything together coming around next year. Yeah, anywhere on mine or his Facebook page under uh, Darren Mag or John Magdowski, you can reach out, contact us, and we got some apparel too. Um, if anyone wants some shirts or anything like that, just get a hold of us on uh, Facebook there. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the swag, and, and it's top-notch. I mean, we, <laughs> we've seen some, some entry-level swag before, but, I mean, your stuff is, we saw it over at the Royal Bryan thing, and it was, uh, it was, it's well worth the investment. All right, and so when people come out and see you, you're going to be, when you race in Michigan, where are you going to be at, Milan and 131, anywhere else? Yeah, well, mainly just Milan and 131 uh, is where we'll take two of the cars, uh, other than that, uh, you'd have to catch us uh, at Norwalk or um, Indy. Indy. All right. And then that way we're going to follow you and follow your um, follow your progress coming up next year. You can't miss it. I mean, on the side of your car, it's just a red and white car. I don't remember having a name on it. Does it? Nope. No names on it. No. It's just we're looking for names. Looking for a big name. Okay, and yeah, that's we're for name. yeah. Evidently, this the horse with no name wants a name, you know. So you can get a hold of these guys, and just like they said, I just go to their Facebook page, go to the race site, you know, and keep abreast of how these guys are going. We know that we are here at CKWI Radio seventy six. Uh, we're going to be following the Mag family next year like crazy. So we'll give you updates, see how Johnny and Darren's doing. We'll let you know if Johnny rolls another golf cart oh my god you know that story that will never die you poor man <laughs> however you know this team looks like this is a team that we thought was so cool only because we, we saw pictures of these folks before we knew who they were and and it there's it appears to us that they're super family orientated you know and and they are they don't have the million dollar lift truck and they don't have the two million dollar dyno in the backyard and all that stuff i mean it, it's just it looks like a really hard-working team you know that wants to go for the gold so if this is time for a sponsorship no matter how big no matter how small you know you probably want to make sure that you talk to these guys before you write the check somewhere else Got it. Gentlemen, did we, we cover everybody? Is there any sponsors that you have now? Or, oh, you know, we should talk about it really, really quick. we got 30 seconds. Uh, crew, anybody we want to say hi to? Uh, I want to thank Rich, uh, Jimmy Plipton, uh, and our engine builder, Brian. Uh, they do a lot for us, and we can't thank them enough. Okay. Also, Boar Racing Products, Pack Racing Springs. Uh, Holbrook Racing Engines, they help us out on the dyno, fuel. I mean, Chris is a great guy. Um, I mean, uh, just anyone that helps us, uh, we were very thankful. My dad helps us out, my wife. You know, uh, I can't thank everyone enough for that. 
It's, it's definitely a team effort. And it's a family team effort, and that's what makes it sound like even more fun. So, gentlemen, thanks for being with us. It, it was really All a right. pleasure the last 45 minutes with you. Tell Sue we said hi. We will. <laughs> All right, thanks, gents. At the track. All right, we'll see you next year, guys. All right, thank you. Yep, bye now. How about that, huh? I mean, it, it, the funny thing is that and sometimes with um, uh, speakerphones, there's that little bit of delay, but once everybody finds out where that delay is, and it, it's no big deal, but they are as, as genuine as they come. Whatever you heard right here, uh, with again, I mean, we're almost with them for a whole hour. Um, they are exactly that, and you kind of... You see these guys, and again, they don't have the million-dollar this and the million-dollar that, and Johnny and Darren don't fly into Florida, you know, with the car hauler behind them and stuff. I mean, it's a hard-working, drag-racing team, and, you know, it, it, you know, you want to be, how does a billionaire become a millionaire? Go drag racing, you know. We're, we like these guys. We really do. They got the CK stamp of approval, you know, so we'll, we'll be following up. And we'll be watching them next year, and we'll watch their progress. Stay with us.